You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. This is Sports Central on 1170 SEN. Julian King in the chair, Sports Central this afternoon. Welcome along wherever you're tuned in. 1170 in Sydney, 693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast. Or maybe you're listening via the SEN app. A glorious Saturday afternoon in all the markets. Cameron Smith, another shot now. Leads by threes, 12 under through six today. He's three under through today. Jake McLeod, we mentioned there too. He's a big mover. He's now joint second. Jake McLeod at nine under par. We'll keep you abreast of the PGA throughout the course of the afternoon, but a massive game tonight. A must-win game in Group D. The Socceroos take on Tunisia. It's interesting. People think, oh, this is the game. They've earmarked this is the one that they had to win. But uh, even though a lot of people don't know much about Tunisia, far from pushovers. And I wonder too if the Graham Arnold's future hinges on this result. Josh Parrish, He's football through and through. He's host of ESPN's National Curriculum. I'm pleased to say he's on the line right now. G'day, Josh. Hi, Julian. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure. Look, before we get on to tonight's game, 4-1 against France, it was this funny thing, wasn't it, that Goodwin scored that first goal and we're kind of just, we scarcely could believe it. Well, hang on, are we really leading the world champs 1-0? And you got the sense that a, a thing was were going to rectify themselves and, and so it turned out. But uh, just quickly, your takeaway from that game, uh, what did they do well? What could they have done better? And, and what lessons do they take out of that heading into Tunisia? Well, they started with a lot of energy and intensity and, and pressure in midfield. And I, I think that's what caught France out. You know, they, they were expecting a more, more comfortable trot, it seemed like. And, uh, you know, we scored that early goal and, and Federation Square went nuts and uh, I certainly went <laughs> yeah. nuts on the couch. Um, Likewise. Um, I was not not expecting that at all. I don't think anybody was, um, other than, you know, maybe the coach and the players who, who seemed to have very strong internal belief. But after that, it seemed as if the Socceroos sunk further and further back towards their own goal uh, and were trying to defend what they had. And it only seemed like a matter of time before... Uh, as you say, things rectified themselves, and uh, and France, you know, the, the individual quality of those players w- was on show, and the Socceroos couldn't really come up with uh, a comprehensive plan for the rest of the game to, mm. to try and nullify those individual talents. A lot has been said about uh, Nathaniel Atkinson. You know, Mbappe's given some of the best players on the planet uh, a bath, so I don't want to be hard on, on the kid, but he's going to be out tonight uh, through injury. Frank Karacic is the man. I think Artie's now confirmed that Josh is the man to replace him. It was a toss-up between him, I guess, and or maybe Deng or, or Degenek. Are you happy with that replacement? 
Yeah, I mean, Karacic is, is the more natural right back. And, and given the opposition, you probably want a little bit more attacking thrust from that position rather than playing a sort of converted central defender like a, a Degenek or a Deng in that spot in this game. I, I actually thought, um, you know, Deng or Degenek would have been a great, great shout to start the first match um, just because you're going to have to take a more defensive approach against against France. And, and Nathaniel Atkinson, for all his qualities, he's, I, I think the criticism is harsh because he's actually a converted winger. Uh, he's a much more attack-minded player, so I thought he was an odd choice to start the first game against Mbappe. At club level, he plays uh, as a wing back, uh, a wing back for for Hearts over in Scotland, which is much further up the park, and his duties are, are much more, you know, overlapping, getting down the touchline, whipping in crosses, as opposed to you know defending deep one-on-one against uh, very tricky wingers. So. Yeah, uh, Nate Atkinson uh, had a poor game, but as you say, uh, killing him Mbappe has given uh, many better defenders than him uh, nightmares over the years. Yeah, I'd like to see a bit more from Aaron Moy. Apparently, Aaron uh, Harry Kuehl sort of had a chat with him. Obviously, their connection there at Celtic. Can you can you see maybe a formation change by Arnie? I think a lot depends on the availability of of Aiden Rustich, who. Um, and he was know, coy he, about it, wasn't he? He sort of yeah, he's trained well, but you got the feeling that if he was raring to go, he would have said, "Yep, he's fit, and we're going to pick him." Uh, but I didn't get that from what he from his comments in the press conference the other day. I mean, maybe he wants to spring a surprise on Tunisia and, and hope they uh, prepare for Australia without Christich. <laughs> but yeah. um, Aaron Moy, I, I thought, was poor in that game. Uh, he's lost a step. In the last couple of years, ever since he left the, the Premier League and, and went to China, you know, he, he hasn't been playing at a, a high enough level to, to keep him in good touch. And then he didn't have a club for a long time. Um, so uh, coming into this World Cup, uh, he's been playing some minutes for Celtic, of course, but they tend to use him uh, in uh, games against lesser opposition where he's got lots of time on the ball and he looks great when he's spraying the, the passes from left to right. But in Champions League games for Celtic, when he has got minutes in those games, he's looked quite... Uh, at sea against against better opposition, so I, it wasn't a surprise to me that, that Aaron Moy struggled against that very athletic uh, French team. In terms of of up front, Josh and Adam Kwasniuk, who works with us here, would like to see maybe a dual striker role of Mitch Duke alongside Jamie McLaren. Uh, I don't know if Arnie's going to persist with that, but he was probably one of the shining lights, Mitch Duke, out of that first game against France. Yeah, I mean, he nearly nearly scored the goal of the tournament, didn't he? Um, yeah, that pile driver. One from a long, you know, long way out. Yes. Um, so it, I, I think Duke is a good option for this game because he will attack crosses into the box. And, and the soccer is a, a much more likely to be further up the park. Tunisia sitting deep behind the ball in some phases of the game. And they've got crossing opportunities. And, and Mitch Duke, the timing of his runs, just his... Uh, physicality and bravery and, and willingness to, to put his head where other players won't and get on the end of things is is one of his best attributes. Uh, he's a willing worker against France. Uh, he had some moments early, as you say, but I thought his influence really faded and he wasn't able to hold the ball up and bring his teammates into play, which I think was the reason why Jason Cummings was brought on mm. uh, because he's much better with his back to goal and he's, you know, if you play the ball into Jason Cummings' feet, it's much more likely to stick and, and he can uh, shield the ball and get a pass off to a teammate. Uh, we didn't see much of that. I was quite disappointed with his cameo. Um, it, all in all, against France, you know, Carrie Kuehl was saying on, on commentary, you know, you've got to turn them around a little bit more, play a few more balls into the channels. And if that was the strategy, then Jamie McLaren with his pace and willingness to run off the shoulder and get in behind would have been a, a better choice for that game. But against this Tunisian opposition, I, I think Mitch Duke retains his spot. 
Let's have a look at some of the results from overnight. You know, it's a strange group, isn't it, this Group B? So you had Iran defeat Wales 2-0. This is off the back of a thumping by England. USA drew with Wales, and now England have drawn with the USA. I've got to say, England looked look pretty lacklustre this game. They did. Uh, I think this is tournament management by Southgate. Uh, I don't agree with it, but yeah. I think they were keen to avoid a loss, uh, to get out of there with a point and not to expend too much energy and to look after any potential uh, uh, niggles with, with Harry Kane, uh, who's, you know, his injury problems always seem to crop up, um, especially with his ankle and so forth. Um, but... I, I would have liked to see Phil Foden come off the bench. Right? Yeah, He's the kind right. of player that is likely to give the ball away and maybe cop up a goal, just as likely as he is to, to come up with something brilliant. Um, so Southgate is a, is a very pragmatic manager, and the position they're in of the group now is, is pretty commanding, even though that was a very tough game to watch. And then he had a run, two late goals, and, you know, Aussie fans are sort of having these horror flashbacks to 97. I've got to say I'm very happy for a run, and, and Wales had the goalkeeper sent off, but, you know, they're alive in this group. Uh, it was sensational, wasn't it, the finish? That, yeah. that that long stoppage time, the red card, the goal from outside the box, and then the second goal was delightful as well. Um, it, Iran played their hearts out. I thought that was super impressive. Disappointed with Wales that, that Gareth Bale couldn't really get into the game. You know, he looks like his his contributions at the top level is his time sort of over now. But you know, he's been such a generational talent mm. for Wales, and they wouldn't be at the World Cup without some of his uh, his performances in in qualifying. Um, but Iran, I think people have underestimated them, especially after the first game against England. There were all sorts of factors off the pitch that affected their performance that day. The the protest, not singing the national anthem. Who knows what kind of pressure or threats were coming their way behind the scenes, given the political situation in Iran at the moment. And they were, it seemed like they were forced to sing the national anthem this time around. Uh, but it would have been, uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, uh, performing at the highest level under those, those kinds of conditions. So the, the heart that they showed in that game against Wales to, to push through and get the win. And they richly yeah. deserved it. They hit the post twice. They, they were great value. And, and if they can get through this group, I mean, it would be uh, sensational. Yeah, I love the way they go about their football. And then you have a look at Qatar, the host nation. It crashed out, you know, 200 billion, so they say, although the figures are a bit rubbery, to, to host this global showpiece. And now the second World Cup host in history after South Africa to bow out in the group stage. It is amazing, isn't it? I mean, imagine spending all this money um, doing it. <laughs> it was uncovered by, you know, the FBI, but bribing all those FIFA officials in order to get the tournament, uh, spending 10 years setting up academies, you know, Aspire Academy, where soccer are actually staying at the moment um, due to the Tim Cahill connection there, uh, is one of the most lavish facilities in world football. They've um, sent scouts all around the world, scouted players from Africa to bring them over and so forth. And, um, yeah, to, to go out with barely a whimper is, is extraordinary. And, and this team was good value back in 2019 when they won their, won the Asian Cup. They're very, right. uh, counter-attacking side and, and very resilient defensively. And then they just sprung in transition with, um, Al Ali and Akram Thief. But it seems like, they have atrophied in the years since. Um, there's been situations where the federation has essentially taken all these players away from their, their Qatari clubs in order to participate in these months-long um, camps, essentially. They go on friendly tours of Europe, uh, but not playing enough competitive games. And these players not pushing on to a higher level and trying to get moves to European clubs and instead staying on pretty cushy salaries in the Qatari Stars League, I think, has uh, led to the level of this team dropping over the past three years. And 
you know, they when when the big lights uh, shone on them, they couldn't perform. Uh, yeah, look, uh, the only thing I'll, I'll temper that with is it's a pretty tough group for them, I guess, Group A, Netherlands, Ecuador, Senegal. Ecuador, with that draw with Netherlands, showed really good energy, I have to say. All right, uh, Josh, let's get a, a tip from you tonight. Australia, Tunisia. See, Tunisia, they bring the crowd, they bring the noise, and they bring this intimidation factor, and I was super impressed with them against uh, against Denmark. Mm. So I, I hate to be a downer, but I think Tunisia won nil. <laughs> if, you, if I was forced to put my, my money on it, I'd say Tunisia win, just because of the, the cauldron uh, the Socceroos will be playing in. And they need a little bit more energy and bite in midfield. If Aaron Moy starts, I can see him getting overrun by the physicality in this game. I'd love to see... Uh, someone like a Cameron Devlin come in there for um, just just because it's going to be it's going to be warfare in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, and you know he'll run all day, Cammy Devlin. All right, enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully your fearless prediction is wrong for the sake of Australian fans and for the sake of the players. Oh, I hope there. so too. I hope so too. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for sparing some time this Saturday, mate. We'll catch you on the National Curriculum podcast with ESPN. Thanks very much, Julian. There he is, Josh Parrish. What are you doing for the game tonight? Do you think the Socceroos will win? Do you think the Socceroos can win? 0457736736. And talking about sporting alumni in your school today, which famous sports people went to your school? Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um... Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.